0: Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Uh you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he simmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard (laughs) Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson was top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play. Market smart. Close out cause he pulling up from Harvey Yard. Gang Green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard. <laughs> <A-Z>. <laughs> AJ, AJ,
2: I-, I see you there. <laughs> Welcome to
1: Anything is the Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. And I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, J. King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are joining you live from rock bottom. We thought we were there a couple weeks ago. We thought we were there on Sunday. We thought we were there on Tuesday night. But no, no, we just arrived after a humiliating loss Return to the The rock bottom. Can we play uh, that
2: Eminem song? I love that Eminem song.
1: We, I don't know. I'm not going to put it in. I do all the work in terms of editing. So no, we're not going to play that Eminem song. But Jay, what do you make of this team? They have a, give up a 24 point lead to the Pelicans. They put themselves in position to win the Mavericks game and then just get double daggered by Luka Doncic. And then they give up uh how many points did Danilo Gallinari 10 threes and just absolutely oh, no, get yeah. walked just worked ran off the court uh what is going on here bud like cuz i'm i'm at a loss for words nothing good <laughs> no sir nothing good and i think for a for
2: a while the celtics struggles felt explainable right it was they they just their supporting cast isn't great Kemba Walker's been out. Kemba Walker has been inconsistent when he's played. Marcus Smart's been out for a long time. Guy's been in the lineup. There there are reasons for them to struggle. But lately it's gone from, okay, this is relatively explainable, to, holy shit, these dudes have shown nothing. No, No fight, no togetherness. And, and I think they recognize that this is trouble time. Like Brad Stevens always, always, always about process over results. Lately, he's been like, every game is a big, big game for us. Like it's pivotal.
1: He put a lot of emphasis on like playing well in these next four games before the all-star break, like more so on any regular season games that I can remember him doing.
2: Yeah. And normally, you know, he, he doesn't care about. When, like, obviously he cares about wins, but it's more about how his team's playing. But I feel like he really, really believes that this team needs to see something good happen. And that right now this team is in a bad place. Mentally, he said he thinks they've lacked confidence and have been unsure. And they have certainly been both of those things. Um, it's just like, just a troubling, troubling lack of passion and connectivity over the and, last what three weeks four weeks confidence
1: like Danny Ainge, I'm pretty sure said on the radio today they're not playing with confidence Brad Stevens said the team's not playing with confidence and it's almost like uh the players are aware of how bad their team is it's like and, and the roster construction issues and uh the issues with Marcus Smart not being healthy but their All team different. isn't bad
2: like their roster isn't perfect but they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum. Gumbel Walker is still a threat, even though he hasn't played as well. He's played better lately. Um, and so it's not like this is a terrible roster that that should be in danger of missing the playoffs, but but they have to do all the little things. They have no margin for error. And, and that's where they've kind of lost out on so many games the last several weeks like having a 24 point lead against new orleans just be solid the rest of the way and you win that game but they weren't solid and they didn't handle double teams well
1: it feels like in the last week jason and jalen have gotten more criticism because frankly people are sick of talking about all the roster construction issues and kemba and marcus smart being hurt so there needs to be another topic but also uh, Jalen and Jason have not played as well as they did earlier in the season. Jalen Brown certainly is no longer shooting 72% from the mid range. Um, Tatum looks to be short on a lot of, uh, kind of his mid range game, but they have not really handled, uh, it well. And it's, it's the first time. And I think Danny Ainge said this today on the radio that they have been the go-to, uh, guys on the team and really had to face some adversity last year. There was not. That much uh, adversity for the Celtics in the regular season because they had so much depth that even when there were injuries, guys could step up. But right now, with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it's the first time that, like the main focus is on them and it's entirely on them to set the tone. And it feels like they are really struggling. And it makes sense, I think, basketball wise, just how much they miss like just playmaking in terms of like getting into offense. Anytime it's a Jalen in the bench lineup or Jason in the bench lineup, there's no ball movement. It's just basically those two guys trying to find their shots. And that seems like the best option at this point. It's like they are, who are they trusting around them to kind of make the right play or put the biscuit in the proverbial basket? And so I'm not really sure uh, how they improve that. Maybe they need to, I guess, trust the process or trust their teammates more. But I don't know. It's just they, they're they not playing, especially when they're out there with bench lineups. They're just not playing or surrounded by a lot of talent.
2: Yeah, and I think the lack of skill is is very obvious around those guys. And, and obviously, like, they're not elite-level playmakers. And the guys around them, it's been well-chronicled that a lot of them aren't great shooters or at least great high-volume shooters and don't really space the court. But it's also, like, they're not great passers. They're not great at attacking closeouts. They're not like any of those things, and so it's tough to build a good offense when you have those limitations. But also at the same time, lately, like just all the little things have the Celtics have stopped doing. It, they don't. It, it's they don't execute hard. They don't play hard. They don't even play hard on offense.
1: They don't and, run after on like. Fast breaks at all. Like they don't start their offense till 14 seconds left in the shot clock. Like I was watching the Hornets beat the Suns last night and they're running off makes. They're playing with some energy. The Celtics do not look like a team that is like aggressive and trying to take the fight to the other team.
2: Yeah. They don't, they don't cut hard. They don't get into their offense early enough. They don't, they don't do any of those things that, that you need to do when you're a little undermanned. And, You know, maybe they're thinking to themselves, "We've we've reached the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. Like this is a slog of a regular season. Everybody's dealing with something, whether it's you know the after effects of COVID, like Tatum injuries, like everybody else. But at some point, like they all have to lock in, and and I know some of that is probably that the young guys um, are still learning and don't really aren't like advanced enough offensively or defensively to like really be sharp in a lot of stuff, but just play hard. Ho- if they just played hard, everything would be so much easier. And Tatum and Brown would get better opportunities. Other guys would get better opportunities. It's like, how do you not play hard offensively?
1: I... Some guys are, but it's like you, you need a combination of playing hard and then having the requisite talent to be able to make shots. Like I, I think Daniel Tice plays hard. I also know that he's missed his last 18 three-pointers, and so that's not helping whatsoever. Aaron Neesmith has certainly been playing hard in his minutes off the bench. He just still is flying around and doing crazy things on chase-down blocks and not necessarily making the right play, but it's – I don't know. It's – I don't have the answer. I don't have the solution. I'm not really sure – what more to say about this team and that's why i put the question out to the listener gods out there for asking questions and topics uh for they what they want us to talk about and this first one's from chris muddy how did this team go from eastern conference finals to sub 500 don't say gordon hayward well that's the major that's, reason so like that's definitely kind a of a difficult uh, uh thing there but his second question is is the team waving a white flag if Danny doesn't make a substantial trade by the deadline?
2: Uh, I don't know if waving a white flag would be the proper term. But, I mean, the, the with Gruzbeck, the owner, has been open. They're not contenders. Danny Ainge, been open. They're not contenders. So they're 15 and 17. <laughs> They have not played well at all. They are many rungs behind the Nets, many rungs behind the Sixers, many rungs behind many teams right now. And so it's just, I don't know if it'd be waving the white flag or or what. I do think there should be some urgency, though, to use that trade exception and improve the depth. I think it's obvious this team – I think Danny Ainge said it on the radio that they they need, like, a swaggy, dynamic offensive player.
1: But they – like, who is the Jordan guy? Crawford. Who is
2: the... Jordan Crawford. It sounds like Jordan <laughs> Crawford to me.
1: I mean, like, Danny, anytime he goes on the radio and describes who he wants to trade, is just making up a player who doesn't exist or would never be available. He wants a, a superstar who's huge, can shoot the three – Guard multiple positions and uh, brings in uh, that swagger. Like what that type of player doesn't get traded. And so he also said on the radio day that it's possible that they use the trade exception uh, in the off season where it's kind of easier to make a deal. Then, but it's very interesting. It takes two to tango in making a trade. Uh, but if they don't think they're contenders this year and don't think a trade can necessarily turn them into contenders do you go full tank mode? Like it's supposed to be a great draft class. If you don't think you're ever going to beat the level of the nets or the Sixers, it's kind of, uh, interesting. And like Ben, do you lose the locker room if you go to full tank mode? I don't, I'm shocked. We're even, I'm even talking about tank mode, but I just seen it across my timeline recently. It's just, I feel like they need to make a trade just to kind of change the vibes. Uh, but well, here's the thing to go into tank mode. What would you do?
2: Because, the They should be very happy with their two best players. Campbell Walker, their third best player, has not been good. His trade value is probably at an all- time low right now.
1: Are you saying the team is is can't the, tank the
2: guys, without... the guys that you would want to trade are the guys who have not been good. so what 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 tank mode move beyond just sitting Jason Tatum and or Jalen Brown?
1: No back to backs for anyone you either are a first night of a back-to-back guy or a second night of a back-to-back guy.
2: Tanking tanking should not and is not a viable answer if you ask me. <laughs> it is absurd <laughs> to, that we are even bringing that up for a All team right. that has reached the conference finals three of the last four years, but that's where the Celtics are right now. People that's
1: are where upset. The are right now. So, the last um, time they've been under 500 since the G, this late in the season, since the Gigi Datome era. So, shouts to Gigi uh,
0: for getting some reference. But, looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua di Joe Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromatic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. Who knows? We got some people upset with Brad,
1: Daniel McGrath, and Hruby Banger. Um, Dan is upset with the Brad's laissez-faire, let him play attitude, and Hruby is fair uh, upset with the iso-ball, no-off-ball movement. How much uh, is this Brad Stevens' fault? I feel like we're constantly talking about this, but what do you think about his laissez-faire approach or how he's like dealing with this uh, team? He mentioned in his post-game press conference that he said some words to the team. He's not going to share them with the media, but he's had his moments.
2: Um, I mean, obviously, one of Brad's beliefs about basketball is he wants good ball movement. And that's something he is always going to stress. That's something he has emphasized for this team. For whatever reason, that has not happened. Um, And I mean, I think part of that falls on Tatum and Brown, but I think more of it falls on the roster construction and the fact that beyond those guys, like, they don't have anyone who knows. How to play in the NBA? <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> like, they don't like, have any guys. Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson, and Daniel Tice know how to play in the NBA, right? Like those. Jeff are, Teague had his
1: best game of the season guys. last Teague, night.
2: Teague has not been good. Um, but you're not giving any love to Shemi Ojolay. Doesn't know how to play. Shemi knows how to play in the NBA, but he's not a passer. He's not a driver. He's not. He's become a better shooter, but like, there's just so. That I think ball movement, the way the roster is created, was always going to be an issue. It is exacerbated because Marcus Smart, one of the premier ball movers on this team, has been out for so long. And It is exacerbated because Kemba Walker is not playing back-to-backs, and when he and Smart are both out, there is a total lack of playmaking, like a void, an entire void of playmaking around Tatum and Brown.
1: Best PP has really come down to earth in terms of uh, his ability to do really much like anything. Like you would think he's the primary backup point guard. He, like a lot of the responsibility for playmaking would fall on his shoulders, but no, it's basically just Brown and Tatum trying to playmaking and they're doing like, okay job. Jalen's assist numbers are up. Um, but that's just like not their primary skill or talent. They're, They are scores. And so they are going to look to score. I don't know what you do. I think like it's weird because some fans are going to be pissed off no matter what. If you really focus on ball movement, then it's like an egalitarian offense and fans are like, well, why aren't Tatum and Brown taking more shots? And then Tatum and Brown take a bunch of shots and it's like, oh, the ball movement's not there. It's hard to have this kind of make the right read egalitarian offense and then also funnel your entire offense through two guys. It, it's just a difficult thing to do, uh and with those two guys, it'd be easier if they had shooters around them, so they had more spacing. But the Celtics, with the kind of current injuries, they couldn't even run out a roster with four shooters, and like Rob Williams or Daniel Tice, they don't have four shooters. They have three and a half. If you give Aaron Neesmith a half, with but that's about it. Like they don't. They're that's just not possible for them. And so in the modern NBA, I don't know what the solution is other than like, let's give the ball to Tatum and Brown and see what they can do. Yeah. And teams know that.
2: Right. And so teams are loading up on those guys and, and they know first of all, that the guys around them aren't great shooters, but they also know that Tatum and Brown aren't great passers. And so, so the, like everyone's issues have exacerbated everyone else's everyone else's issues on this team and it's just gotten bad lately. It's gotten bad. What did you think um, when you heard that Wick on TV basically said that, or radio, whatever he was on, um, basically said that Brad and Danny are safe and everyone is dumb. What was your initial reaction?
1: I was not surprised whatsoever. I mean, that's how I feel. And it feels like that's like the way the organization feels. I don't know. I like people are really clamoring for uh, Brad's job. I think that's ridiculous. I think he's pretty much overachieved every year. He's been uh, the Celtics coach. It's been a bad year this year. Danny Ainge, he won a championship and got to another finals. He's done pretty good in terms of the uh, rebuild and take – multiple cracks at the championship window i don't know i just don't see the celtics they don't fire guys like when they've had what two coaches in the since whenever doc started like the past 15 years i don't even know it's i was just shocked to see anything like that and what what else is a wick supposed to say like well If Brad loses the next three games, he's going to be on the chopping block. I thought it was also an interesting point that he said, if those guys get fired, they're immediately on the top of uh, the list for every other team in the league. Like that's a a great point. If you fire Brad, who are you bringing into your to uh, coach up the Celtics who are really going to inspire them to to play better basketball? There's all that like effort and trying thing that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but we just talked about like just the – flawed design on this team in terms of roster construction, what coach is able to come in there and like make it so Tristan Thompson can shoot threes or, or that they're like fifth, sixth and seventh best players are not all centers. Like no coach can change that.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's important to keep in mind that the Celtics ownership has, has proven that they're not going to judge a coach based on wins and losses. I I think, you know, Doc Rivers, before they formed the big three, there were some tough years (laughs) and, and they, they didn't put it all on doc. They thought doc was the right guy to lead that team. And he proved them right by winning the 2008 title. And so they have a much better view of everything than we do, because they're allowed to be in on practice and they, they have conversations with everyone. And, and so they know kind of more, they're more equipped to know who's at blame. Um, and, but it, it is a mess. It's, it's a mess right now. And, and, and the Celtics, like, I think it's very important what they do with that trade exception. And I think it's very important over these next few years what they do to build a roster around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, because the roster right now is not good enough. They can definitely play better. I think I'm in the camp that when Marcus Smart comes back and Kemba Walker is able to play every game, that they'll still be pretty good. This team will be pretty good, but but it we stressed it from the beginning that this year was going to be a lot tougher when the Celtics dealt with injuries, we didn't know how many injuries they would deal with. And I honestly think that their lack of success has snowballed on them. And it's it's impacted the effort. It's impacted the attention to detail. It's impacted everything. And, and I, I just think that they're – it's just kind of built up on them to the point that right now, they just ain't playing good basketball.
1: <laughs> okay, so we've got analysis lot. from the kid. We've gotten a lot of theories as to why that is. And Bryce Wong suggests uh, the loss of Vinny and his magical sex pants has directly led to the downfall in the Celtics chemistry. I would say it's still Yabu. Yabu, uh, the that's true, possible that da- Dallas Nelson suggests that it's me, it's my fault for slandering Rudy Gobert. Uh, and he's obviously placed some sort of French cur- curse on the team. I'm never going to apologize no, for Gobert slander
2: versus the Yabu curse.
1: It all comes back to Yabu. Now here's some very important questions. Uh, this is from Harriet Scruff. Uh, can you use your clout and organize some kind of ritual to unfuck the vibes? <laughs> <laughs> like, the what least, are you doing? This, like this, Aaron, Aaron, Wame asks, uh, what are you doing to fix the situation? Jay.
2: This this is beyond our powers. I am just tasked with writing about the team, podcasting about the team. I am doing absolutely nothing to attempt fixing the Celtics roster. However, I'm, I do I do talk about a lot what they need to fix, and I will continue doing that.
1: I'm just going to post through it. Uh, you're just going to keep on posting. Just laughing my ass off, having a great time, refusing to be mad online, because that's the only way to survive. There's a lot um, of
2: mad online people, man.
1: People are, are furious. My
2: mentions are just, just a horrible place to be right now. People are...
0: Upset. They're, they're mad at me. They're well, they're mad as at they me. should
1: be. You were reporting things, just reporting what you see. What a jerk. Brian Pickett suggests that we blame this all on Evan Turner. Now, I'm not going to blame Evan Turner, but I will say... I think we need to hear from them. I think uh, it, that might go somewhere to unfucking the vibes of just having more Evan Turner press conferences. People would be generally happier. A bit of a distraction um, from what's going on, but just an idea. They they need to empower Evan Turner. Tell I him. agree. All right, let's get to the potable six pack. It's the most important things. The six most important things from. The past couple of games, Jay, would you like to defer or take the first pick?
2: I'm taking the first pick. Brad Stevens getting his identity stolen. That (laughs) is by far the most important thing that has happened to the Celtics the last few weeks. It's not really funny when someone gets their identity stolen. I imagine it leads to a lot of headaches and it can probably be, you know, an anxious time when when someone steals your identity and is trying to open up lines of credit in different places however <laughs> however i laughed my ass off when when he said that someone stole his identity and was trying to open up a line of credit at target like what and that what I, that world? was one of his
1: better days that and getting a root canal was like the highlight of the past 2 weeks for him
2: i don't doubt it i don't doubt it at all that was as good as it gets as good as it's gotten the last few weeks i once uh had my someone stole like my credit card number i still had my credit card but someone stole the number and used it at a walmart in miami to buy like a thousand dollars worth of goods at walmart like what a what a move
1: that is a that's a hefty purchase that's a full card right there. or it's just like one iphone
2: i got a call Like you just use this in Massachusetts and in Miami within an hour. So something's wrong. Something is up, but someone got Brad too. He got got.
1: All right. My first pick is going to be just the mere presence of Marcus smart on the sideline in Dallas, rocking a cool pigtails. Look, I just thought he looked cool. And then obviously picking up a tech, uh, while injured on the bench is just absolutely badass. Uh, Nothing. Nothing you can want more from your injured player. He's he's trying to uh, involve himself in the game, and so uh, I love him. I trust him. Marcus Smart showing up for his guys,
2: huddling up the guys at halftime,
1: trying to coax them to play well. They did not. All right, I'm going to do an honorable mention for Jason Tatum and Draymond Green subway commercial. Uh, pretty humorous. Bacon Tatum. It's good.
2: Honorable mentions before I have a chance to go. Was that one because of your picks? You, no, but then you take you take possibilities away from me you
1: all you, right keep well, doing this this is a habit and it needs to stop uh well i'll take one i know you're not going to pick tremont waters lineup looks amazing and he had an amazing uh final six minutes of that game that was the best uh, tremont waters performance i've ever seen i think it's directly related to the haircut
2: the king brothers group chat was fired up about the lefty pass
1: that was oh, awesome. that was it was amazing. You know who taught him that is uh Celtics, uh, I mean Hornets assistant coach Nick Friedman, his pre-draft uh, training partner. Been working with that uh, pass uh, for all of pre-draft, and so I I loved it. He he knocked down a three two. It's the best Trae performance we've ever seen. That
2: was a fantastic Tremont performance. I will will not lie. Um, I'm gonna pick. It's been a lot of negativity. The last couple weeks. Much, much negativity. I am going to pick a positive stretch. Ooh. The last the last five minutes of the Mavericks game before Lucas ripped out the Celtics Hearts. That was the best the Celtics have looked in a while. They were good. They, they Aaron Nismith finishing games, finishing were,
1: small with Nismith.
2: They were switching and scrambling and playing hard. It was Celtics basketball. It didn't last long. Luca ended it, stomped on the Celtics' dreams.
1: They came back. All the dummies came out. Hold on. Completely themselves. The and and said landed. that is Smith's fault for those Luca threes. You are an idiot if you blamed Aaron Smith for that. Luca hit a ridiculous step back. Yes, that he's capable of doing so. But if you blame switching or Aaron Smith being in the game for that loss, you are a bona fide dummy. And it made me mad online.
2: And then my other pick is Brad saying, essentially, that he's cussed out this team. And you better believe he has cussed out this team. I I just enjoyed that because he was like, guys, do you think I'm always as mild-mannered as I seem to you? Or do you think that I watch this and I light some motherfuckers up? Let me tell you, I light some motherfuckers up. That is... In other words, but... That was a
1: great Brad anger translator because he would never say that phrase, but you interpreted his exact energy. Um, I'm gonna have to finish up the potable six pack with just saying Gary Washburn's killing me. He is at all of these games and tweeting uh, before like my stream, and since it's been nothing but bad news, I'm just seeing Wash's tweets on my timeline. Just like uh, oh, Trey. His best one was, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you what Trey Young just did after he <laughs> bounced it off Grant Williams' back. And I'm just being a complete Celtics homer and I'm blaming Gary for my own being like frustrated with the team. But I'm, I swear to God, his tweets increased the worst the Celtics play. And so I had to mute Wash during the games because every time it would just be like, dagger from Wash, another Danilo Gallinari three. <laughs> uh, it's just like, oh, my God. And he's just, like just doing his job at the games. But oh, my Lord, it was it's just painful painful to see him come across my timeline because it was never good news tough tough it's been a tough stretch tough stretch. It's, this it's been a tough stretch but you know we got more games coming it can maybe it can get worse we don't know but we'll uh if it does we'll be there to talk about it and if it gets better we'll absolutely be here to talk about it thank you guys for tuning into this episode if you like please rate five stars, subscribe, review, do all those good things. And thank you for listening to this episode of anything is possible.